If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 800-725-1651. 800-725-1651. That's 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. You guys, it's Rick Tittle. And we are here for another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle, a two for Tuesday, double shots of Judas Priest and UFO. Hey, I said, hey, come on and get heard. I was listening to a podcast the other day. I forgot who it was, but he said he had an Italian uncle. And before he said anything, he would say, watch this, watch this. But he would just talk. So it's like, this is the best pizza I've ever had. Watch this. Joey's on 43rd and 2nd. That's the best. I think Godfather 2 might be better than Godfather 1. Watch this. Nothing will beat the original Godfather. So watch this. Actually, you can watch this on Twitch.tv. How you doing? I'm actually wearing a collared shirt today, which is like renting a tux on radio. Got to get this outfit back to Celix by 5 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. Um, we talk sports here in Sports Byline USA. That's why it's called that. But it could be called Entertainment Byline USA because at least my show, I dive into that world often. I'll have director Joe Eddy and actors Spencer Yaris. Isn't that a car? And Chris Lightbody for the mockumentary Bootyology. That's coming up after this break. Karen Lyle will be here with SalesportTalk.com as she always is at 940 on a Tuesday. Director Danny A. Abacaser for uh, Abacaser. Abacaser, we'll find out. His film's called The Engineer with my former guest, Emil Hirsch. Chris Albano will talk about AI-generated Brazilian soccer teams, women's teams from the mid-20th century that were not allowed to play. That's interesting and bizarre. Also, Greg Fissery, he has a new coffee table book called Gridiron Legacy, and comedian Paul Morrissey will join me a little bit later as well. The number to call, 1-800-878-PLAY. I'm Rick Tittle. we got three hours. Come on back. 
I have diabetes. I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I have asthma. I'm at risk, too. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a vaccine that can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-943-2153. 800-943-2153. 800-943-2153. That's 800-943-2153. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear. Nothing shows on the back of your ear. And at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a key so handsome. He's a genius. All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome three, count them, three filmmakers, director Joe Eddy, actor Spencer Yaris, and Chris Leibody. They're here to talk about the new Gravitas Ventures feature, which will be released video on demand on the 22nd of this month. It's called Bootyology. 
Uh, Director Joe Eddy, let's start with you. How did this all come together? Oh, good morning, Rick. Uh, just for the record, uh, your lead-in it was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Uh, well, the group here, we've all known each other for about 20 years, and uh, the the Booty Boys are a real rap duo. And when we were uh, when we first became friends, I used to watch them um, live, and uh, they. Um, were fantastic. I thought they were hilarious, and um, honestly, the seed for a movie started way back then. And flash forward um, a few decades, and uh, we had an opportunity to make a film about their journey. And uh, and I'm, I'm trying to keep it succinct because it is a 20, sort of a 20 year story. But uh, yeah, that's sort of how it came about. And Spencer, let's go to you. Even though the Booty Boys are real, this is like a Spinal Tap type of mockumentary, right? Yeah, yeah. The Booty Boys was sort of a a, a fun, funny group, and uh, and so in bringing them back, especially you know, so much time later, uh, I you know, it was really about making you know making fun of ourselves and and just having fun. And, you know, we want we want the music to be good, but it's also about, you know, just people laughing and, and really trying to do like the craziest thing we could. And Chris Lightbody, you guys are not just fooling around. You're making real music like you made real music, right? Yeah, it's it's real music. It uh, you know, we, we always uh, I've always said that in order to uh, to do a good satire, you have to have a deep love for the topic and the um when the subject matter, like if you, if it feels like you're making fun of something without having love for it, uh, it just comes off mean spirited. And we've, you know, we grew up with hip hop and listening to hip hop our entire lives. So uh, for us, you know, these are characters obviously who are silly and every single song they do is about butts, but, uh, but we really try to make it, you know, we try to make them bops so that you're, you know, you're laughing, but you're like, that's, that's Good though, and the soundtrack is streaming everywhere. Yes. The soundtrack is streaming. shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that um, you got Andy Kindler in this, and I remember talking to him. He's a very funny comedian, and I, I didn't know Andy acted. How how was he in this? Um, Andy was actually uh, a a friend of my dad's, um, and he, uh, um, you know, he he. I just asked him to to do the movie. Uh, and and he he was down to do it. He he was great. I mean, he just like he was a, he was a fan of the Booty Boys. Also. He was a fan. Yeah, yeah. We did shows. He 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 did some shows with us back in the day. Yeah, and, we opened for him. A yeah. Couple so times. so we we've we've, I've, we've known him a long time. And and he uh you know asked him to do the the, the movie. And he just kind of came in and riffed and just made everyone laugh for like two hours yeah, straight. He laughed a lot. And then like we had to cut out like you know all of it <laughs> like there's just not enough room in the movie for it all but it's it was it was really you know a fun thing he's he's a you know a, a comedic genius also spencer uh brian austin green is this and he plays himself and i know that he tried to be a rapper so does he kind of poke holes in himself or does he take his rap very seriously no he, alert, rick he was great he was, he was really great like he was really <laughs> Uh, he he had fun with the whole thing, and you know I think he he's aware of where he exists. In we kind of put him in a pet on a pedestal in the movie, but uh, but I think he kind of has an idea of you know sort of his his 
place yeah. in no, he, 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 had, yeah. he had a lot of fun with it. And we were lucky to, to have him in the movie because uh, I don't know if you know this, but he's got a lot of kids. And uh, it's because he lost a bet with Nick Cannon. So he's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. Uh, Chris, I know that uh, we were just talking about how this covers two decades. So do they CGI you up to look younger? Or do they put a wig on you and have you in, like, FUBU? How do they make it look like 20 years? Uh, first of all... Well, he still has the FUBU. If anyone ever sees me in FUBU, just drag me off. <laughs> uh, I'll have lost all touch. Um, no, uh, you know, a lot of people have asked that. Uh, it's actually all archive footage. That's all stuff. Uh, all of the older footage in the film where we look uh, young and less handsome was uh, from from a, a bunch of tapes Spencer found in his attic under a bunch of spiders. <laughs> what well, kind of goes without saying you're going to have a lot of spiders in the attic, right? Yeah, I was I was really surprised, you know, that, you know, you have all these old tapes up in the attic. And I thought I was like, there's no way there's anything worth worthwhile in here and certain certainly there was not a lot but it, it was enough well spencer yeah, I, I i know you and chris are san diego guys and i'm just thinking about from the 80s when they were all excited about hurton plaza to now with the gas lamp and the petco park i mean san diego is not that it sucked before but it's just so good now San Diego's amazing. Yeah, Petco is one of my favorite uh, stadiums. I haven't been to a ton of stadiums, but I love how it's just sort of nestled in there among the old mm-hmm. uh, warehouses and architecture and stuff there. And yeah, Gas Lamp is That's a great park. Yeah, like I, yeah, we I like to go down there every so often and just see how much it's changed. It's it's been pretty pretty awesome. We we went to UCSD, so mm-hmm. so we were La Jolla. La Jolla pretty much stayed the same. <laughs> But everything else has gotten a lot better. Yeah, La Jolla was already excellent, yeah. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, Joe, because I remember when Spinal Tap came out, I I bought the album, all original songs, Chris Guest, and and it was so good. So you talked about streaming. Um, How's the soundtrack going so far? Uh, I think I know that people that we've screened the film for, obviously we had a nice year-long festival run and then we did a uh, awards qualifying run in chicago um people are really excited that the the soundtrack's available and i think once people become aware of the film they get hooked on the music and uh i think we're going to see a lot more success from uh the soundtrack and it really is the culmination of all the older work and the newer work and it's kind of its own story Plus, we do went a little old school, and there's little clips from the film in there, like they used to put on soundtracks back in the 90s, which I love. Uh, but really, I mean, once you start listening to it, you keep listening to it. Um, Yo, what's your favorite song? I was song listening on to it the, just the other day. I mean, I, I genuinely love their music. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. Last question for you. I'll throw it at Spencer, and this is my dumbest question, but even though it's spelled differently, do people ever think you're a compact Toyota? <laughs> all the time it gets it gets very complicated to spell my last name because i i'll spell it and those the, the people always spell it wrong but they, they used to just have no idea and now they just spell it like a like a <laughs> car. 
<laughs> you wish your last name was like Bugatti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know how to spell that. The movie's right. called Bootyology. No ifs, no ands, only buts. Gravitas Ventures. Uh, congratulations getting them to distribute this. This will be video on demand on August 22nd. We've been speaking with director Joe Eddy, actors Spencer Yaris, and Chris Lightbuddy of the Booty Boys. Congratulations on the film, gentlemen. Thanks for stopping Thank by. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come back with some open lines at 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Do you use pesticides in your job? Specifically Roundup. Roundup, made by Monsanto, contains a chemical called glyphosate, which has been linked to cancer. If you've used Roundup and you have cancer, you may be entitled to a cash award. Over $10 billion has been set aside to pay users of Roundup who've been diagnosed with cancer. Time is almost running
running out to file your claim. So if you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've used Roundup, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And time to file is almost gone, so please call right now. 800 535 6078. 800 I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Hey, whatever works. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Um, it's kind of interesting. We have, we still have a lot more guests to go. In fact, Karen Lyle will be here with salesporttalk.com in the next segment, but somebody who called us a director of a film, won't say who it is, called us and said, yeah, just checking in, making sure we're on for today. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they called and said, well, uh, never mind. There's a strike. Forget it. <laughs> Did you just find out in the last 15 minutes? It's just weird to book it, check on it, double check, and then go, nah, there's a strike. Uh, I had a guest the other day <clears throat> who said, don't talk about the strike. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And so I prefaced the interview by saying, because there's a strike, I know we can't get into it, but let's talk about all these other things. I'm like, ah, you talked about it. <laughs> like, ah, oh, we lost the account. They're furious. I'm like, so we have to pre- pretend it doesn't exist. I never took sides. I never said horrible strike. I never said unjust strike. I never said I'm for the actors. I'm for the rich guys. Well, they're all rich. Just not for the really rich guys. I just said, because of the strike, I know we'll talk about other stuff. Ah, he talked about the strike. It reminds me, I, <clears throat> I've told this story before, but when I was working at 95.7 FM, they were just panicked that I would talk about anything except the Giants, Warriors, or Niners. So no Sharks, no A's, no soccer, no tennis, no golf, nothing, no Olympics. And the day Richard Sherman got traded uh, or signed with the Niners, I was doing a weekend four-hour show by myself, some Saturday or Sunday. And my boss calls and he says, this show is four hours of Richard Sherman. You got it? And I'm like, yeah, whatever you say, boss. That'll be fun. So it was. It was four hours of Richard Sherman with a Richard Sherman guest every hour for about 15 minutes. And then the rest was just Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman. And I remember about two and a half hours in, a guy called and said, well, he went to Stanford, so you know he's smart. And I said, my best friend went to Stanford, and he's kind of stupid. I go, what, Derek Carr went to Fresno State, so he's dumb? commercial i get a call what's with all the raider talk what what's with all the raider talk what raider talk i heard you say Derek carr 
Like, are you listening? Or are you just? I just said he went to Fresno State. Yeah, it's too much Raider talk. <laughs> like, are you? You have no. You're not even listening. Just panicked that I mentioned that Oakland existed as a city. And it's just, I don't know. It's very weird <clears throat> to tell you the truth. All right. Um, I'm always interested when a sports headline makes regular headlines, and it's year, usually in matters of jurisprudence. There's usually some horrific thing that becomes crime, and then it goes beyond sports, and then the rest of the country finds out about it. But you're getting a lot of headlines, and I didn't even bring it up yesterday, but I think I should now, about Rich Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar. So it does not seem to be... Uh, every day is sunny in Philadelphia. It does not, <laughs> doesn't seem to be that way now. Um, you know, when, when Daryl Morey left, he put this huge thing in the Houston Chronicle, which basically said that he would be nowhere without James Harden. And <clears throat> this is the thing. If James Harden does not show up, within 30 days of the start of the Sixers season, he will forego being a free agent next year? I've never heard of that hook. Wow. So he will show up. But here's the clause. It holds any player who withholds playing services for more than 30 days after the start of a season, after the start of the last season covered by his contract, could be deemed to have violated his contract and then prohibited from entering free agency or signing with any other professional basketball team unless and until the team with which the player last played expressly agrees otherwise. Any professional? He couldn't sign for a Greek team? I guess not. (laughs) Can they hold him to that? I don't think they can. But it was uh, reported that the 76ers were taking James Harden off the trade market. Remember, he basically said at the end of the year, I'm going to Houston. I know they're in a rebuild. I know I'm not going to get a ring with them. He didn't say this out loud, but it was basically, that's my home, and I love it there. But then there was trade talks with the Clippers, who do have half a chance at doing something. And so he was in... (laughs) Not China Clay, but China James. He was over in China at an event, which I'm sure his shoe company is making him go. And he was in front of a room full of people who probably have no idea who Daryl Morey is. And remember, Daryl Morey is the guy that almost started World War Nine when he he either liked or he said, I stand with the people of Hong Kong. Yeah, that didn't go over well, and they wanted him fired, and Adam Silver said, look, it's a free country. I can't fire him, and China didn't understand. They're like, well, we'll just take all your games off the TV here, and you'll lose all that revenue. And good for Adam Silver to say, well, you don't know how it works in America. We don't. We can say stuff. So James Harden is in front of all these people in China, and Sham Sharania got the video and tweeted it. <clears throat> Here's the quote. From James Harden, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he's part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he is a part of. 
And Daryl Morey said, James Harden's beard is so overgrown, you can barely, he's barely see his lips. No, he didn't say that. I always wondered, James Harden, he lets it grow over the side, so it's almost like the little like um, kabuki theater lipstick. You know, the traditional thing with the Mako, where they just put the lipstick right in the middle, like under the nose. He must chew on so much beard hair. <laughs> how does his girlfriend give him... Okay, whatever. I don't know how women deal with <clears throat> beards like that. And it's not my problem, so let's move on. Um, so, yes, Harden put in a trade request, and now they say we're bringing him to trading camp. But it's potentially now a detrimental move for the Sixers... But given Maury's history of standing firm when he doesn't get a good trade, I don't think it's surprising. The same thing happened, remember, with Ben Simmons. Let me go. How long did that drag out? Months and months and months and months. And half a season was gone. And finally, he got a trade he could palatable. That was palatable for him. And, yeah, the Sixers got the deal they wanted, which ironically got them James Harden. And then all the unwanted drama is gone. And now they got new unwanted drama. Because now with Harden going public, this is playing out again. Harden opted in to his contract on June 29th. $35.6 million, and then immediately requested a trade. And this was, I said, after months of hearing he was going back to the Rockets. But it was a pretty surprising decision. And he said, now, then it came out that he wanted to go back. Remember, this is a San Diego State guy. He wanted to go back to SoCal then with the Clippers. And so it now appears the Clippers are waiting this thing out and hoping of landing a better deal. The Clippers reportedly are not going to put Terrence Mann in the deal, but the Sixers are like, okay, well then forget it. Now there's another chance that another team jumps in. The trade deadline is in February of 2024, if, it want, if you want to take it that long. But I'm sure the people that had this event which was, it was pretty clean looking, by the way. I'm sure they didn't think that James Harden would take the opportunity to disparage his employer, but whatever. He's sp- spoke his mind, and he's entitled to it. As I said, <clears throat> exercised his player option, and he gets a 15% trade kicker. That's right, $5.4 million. And by the way, because of the CBA, he cannot sign an extension with the Sixers or any other team right now. And he will be an unrestricted free agent next year. Now, do you want more than one year of James Harden? Do you think he has one more year of James Harden? There, This is a former MVP. He's one of the greatest scorers of his generation. Does he defend? Most of the time, no. I'm not going to act like he's never defended, but let's just say not a lot. And he can be a hero now and again. Like I said, he's a great player, but he's also, as we say in Oakland, hella old. (laughs) And when he looks around and sees other players basically saying getting to go where they want to go, I mean, obviously, Daryl Morey made him a promise. That's why he called him a liar. Don't worry, you'll be on the Clippers. We'll get it done. He probably just said something like that. Well, he's a liar because now he's saying I'm off the trade market. I mean, that 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 putting two and nine together equals forty-seven. I think that's it. Can I go to the Clippers, James? I love you. We've been through a lot together. 
I'll make it happen for you. Don't worry. Yeah, you're off the trade market. Daryl Morey is a liar. All right. Is this a problem for the Warriors? No. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back with Karen Lyle and SalesportsTalk.com. This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk with a report from the LA SailGP race. I was here for the first race of the fourth season of SailGP. Residents of San Pedro had never seen the race, but knew the place on land as the Outer Harbor, the location where Circus Vargas and SpaceX had set up their events in the past. It took the SailGP team two weeks to set up the SailGP village, the technical area, media center, and adrenaline lounge, and the bleachers near the Outer Harbor of San Pedro, where everything was in place before I arrived. Russell Coots, co-founder of SailGP and I, coincidentally arrived at the same time at the badge area and said hello. The media operations staff were gracious in allowing myself and Marie Rogers to tour the technical area. In the pre-event press conference, I asked Ben Ainsley a question. Ben, we had talked in San Francisco about the conditions of the changes of the currents and tides and how that plays a, a role in strategy and predicting where the wind might be. How is the field here in the outer harbor of San Pedro as far as what its particular challenges are or things that you might be able to use in strategy for the race? Yeah, another great question. I mean, quite a different venue here in LA to San Francisco. San Francisco much stronger currents that we're dealing with, like you said, which is a bit of a moving carpet. If you think of the current as a moving carpet and the boat's being pushed along by that carpet and the wind then changes depending on which way that carpet's running. But here, not so much current, much flatter water as well because we're protected by the breakwater. So in terms of getting closer to the, the optimum performance of the boats, we'll most likely do that, achieve that better here with the flatter waters. But it's a tighter race course, much tighter race course. So it's going to require a lot more maneuvering Uh, You'd expect to see much more dynamic manoeuvring from the boats here on this tight course that you perhaps wouldn't see on other race courses. So it's really going to test the teams to the maximum on that. Lots of unexpected manoeuvres, no doubt. That will be the biggest challenge, I think, on this race course. Also, there are a few buildings around, so, you know, perhaps a little bit, wind's a little bit shiftier on certain sides of the course. So I think it'll be a very dynamic race course, I think, compared with San Francisco. In the first day of the race, the bleachers were filled with locals. They cheered and sighed at the same time, creating a feeling of spectator camaraderie. Seeing it live is so much more interesting and exciting. Your eyes capture what interests you in the moment that it happens. A foil lifting out of the water on a tight turn. The crew leaping across the beam of the boat to get to the other side and pick up their controls. How close the boats are to each other when one boat covers another in a tight tack. Congratulations to CellGP LA winners in order from first to last. Spain, first. Rockwell, Denmark, second. Australia, third. Canada, fourth. United States, fifth. Emirates, Great Britain, 6th, New Zealand, 7th, France, 8th, Switzerland, 9th, Germany, 10th. These are true athletes and amazing sailors, and the competition is stiff. Congratulations to all SailGP teams for a great start to Season 4. This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk.
All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast-to-coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. You hear the crisscross music, applesauce. That means it's 940 on a Tuesday, and we check in with salesportstalk.com. And normally co-hosting this segment is Karen Lyle with me, and today's no different. And she's in studio with us, as you can see in the twitch.com cameras. How are you doing, Cameron? I'm doing great. Camera, it's, Karen. It is good to see you in person. Can I call you Camera? No, <laughs> not okay. unless I can call you uh, um, Boom Mike. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> you like that? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be camera. You'll be Boom Mike. Boom Boom Tittle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right. We're waiting on our guests, and when we get him, we'll throw him on the air. But um, for you, uh, what's new in the world of sailing? A very general question throwing at you. Well, uh, the America's Cup preliminary race is coming up in September. And um, actually, we have the Clipper race starting, the... Um, CLGP um, and the America's Cup all happening within within train distance of each other. You know, Spain will be where near Barcelona will be where the America's Cup preliminary. And I've been invited to be accredited media, and I'm kind of looking into, um, you know, whether I might go and when is check it? it out. It's going to be in September. It's actually four weeks from now. Wow. We'll see. Is it true you got to get a visa now to go to Europe? Um. Yeah. You. No, I don't. I don't think I've had to have one when I was when I went. They were talking. Maybe they're just talking about it. Yeah, I I didn't have to do a visa for. I don't think I had to do any visas when I went okay. there. Yeah, I remember in the eighties, if Europe, I went to uh, Eastern Bloc countries, I made you get a visa and all that. Yeah, yeah I'm Tanzania. Yeah, visa oh. for that. I've got I've got several of those in my passport. What were you doing book. in Tanzania? In Doha and Qatar. I could see that. Yeah. Oh, you don't say Qatar? <laughs> Qatar. Well, it depends upon where you are. If I'm in Los Angeles, I'm going to say Qatar, or even the people who work in Qatar Airlines will not know what I'm talking about. Because if I say Qatar, they'll go, what? Who says Qatar? The people that, who live there? Yes, yes. They say Qatar. Yeah. Well, it's it's Qatar. It, there's a little, there's a little glottal, you know, <laughs> Qatar. <laughs> I can't say it exactly right. I, I When I'm around it, I, I pick it up. So I change my pronunciation as I travel around the mm. world to be understood. So it's a country of people who don't go to class. <laughs> oh, it's well. I actually the first time I went there was um, was I was a guest of uh, Cutter Airways, and and so they gave me the tour of the private parts of the airport, and I went uh, business class from Los Angeles to, and then they put me up in a five star hotel. Wow! And, Did you have the seat? Have you ever had the seat where you lay down on the plane? Yes. Oh, yes. My so gosh. that was and my own personal stewardess and what? And then when I went again because I would do. Um, tours um you know i I was a wholesale um i i I am a wholesale tour operator in in tanzania and so we go through how did that happen ah sailing actually it it happened sailing really yes it did and so when preston comes you let me know when preston comes on i will but i'll tell you that story i was sailing in the british virgin islands and um, it was, oh, I don't know, somewhere around 2015 or somewhere along there. And there was this little guest house on Beef Island, and we turned the boat in, and we were staying there. It had four rooms in it. And one of the people in the rooms was a Frenchman who had been the former um, operations manager for all the properties along the Great Migration in, in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And we talked for five minutes. He said, um, I'm going to be coming to the United States um, maybe I'll look you up. And I said, well, if you come to San Francisco, I'll take you sailing. He said, really? Okay. So then uh, a little while later, a month, he called and he says, I'm coming into San Francisco. Were you serious about that sailing? And I said, you bet. Wow. <laughs> 
And so I took him sailing, and we were talking, and and he's and it turned out that the owner of the company that he had was actually somebody who his partner had had hunted in Tanzania with my cousin. Unbelievable I mean, yeah. story, and we'll get the rest <laughs> of it later. But we want to bring in our guest now, Preston Anderson, who was a 2021 inductee into the Intercollegiate Sailing Association Hall of Fame. Preston Rick Tittle and Karen Lyle with you here. Nice to have you on the show. Uh, how are you already in the Hall of Fame when you're not 60 years old? How does that happen? <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it's funny. I, there's different ways you can get into the College Sailing Hall of Fame. Uh, one being by racing and one by service. And I did mine by service. Um, there are a few different service awards for college sailing. Um, one of them being a student leadership award. Um, so there you can get inducted to the College Sailing Hall of Fame by being um, by doing a lot of service, and I did a lot of diversity inclusion work, and I was on the board of directors for a year um, for the Intercollegiate Sailing Association, um, and I was honored with the uh, Jim Ruminier Student Leadership Award, which um, by winning that award, I was able I was inducted into the College Sailing Hall of Fame uh, after my junior year of college. Well, Preston, it's so so good to be talking to you here, and um, we just saw each other down at CLGP and Marie Rogers, yes. and we all we all had uh, a meal together and and chatted. But tell me, when you were in college, what what team did you sail for? Did you do some racing there? Yeah, so I went to Bowdoin College for undergraduate, um, and I sailed there uh, from the fall of twenty eighteen to the spring of twenty twenty two. Um, I would like to say that I sailed all four years, but COVID had other plans. Um, but no, it was a phenomenal experience. I had amazing coaches and the team was just absolutely phenomenal. So um, I love my experience uh, sailing in college. Can you tell me a little bit of a thumbnail on Brunswick, Maine? <laughs> yeah, it's a very small, very cute town. Um, it's about 30 minutes north of Portland, Maine. And it's about two hours, I would say about two hours from Boston. Um, it's a gorgeous area. Um, it's right on the coast. Uh, we sailed in Harpswell, um, which was about 20 minutes away from campus um, on Oars Island. Um, and that was just, it was, it was just being up there is quiet, is just very scenic. Um, so it was, it was an amazing time up there. Well, one of the things about the um, inner ICSA is that college teams and sailing clubs that are part of that are associated uh, with colleges get to race against each other. Who are some of the teams that you've raced against? We so we sailed in the New England uh, Intercollegiate Sailing Association Conference. Um, So the schools that we race against were um, Harvard, Yale, Brown, Dartmouth, um, Vermont. Um, Rhode Island, University of Rhode Island, Roger Williams, um, Bates, Maine Maritime. Um, so mainly the schools in, within the New England region. Um, and then we had a few intersectionals. So um, some of the teams that we'd face in the intersectionals would be like, um, you know, you'd see like a Stanford or Georgetown or George Washington. So um, a lot of schools would come up to New England um, to race. And we would, we would go down we would go down to the Mid Atlantic as well, uh, but we mainly race in the New England uh, region. I'm interested in your choice 
of Bowdoin because you have one president, Franklin Pierce, you have Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, <laughs> and then you have Preston Anderson. It's kind of those <laughs> those three. <laughs> but what what was it about that small liberal arts school that was just right for you? I think when I was looking at schools, I really want I really like that small school environment. So I've always gone to fairly small schools. Um, I was actually a founding class member at my high school. Um, it was called Beacon Academy. It was located in Evanston, Illinois, just down the street from Northwestern. And, you know, there were only 40 people in my class. And I really liked that small, intimate feel of a school environment. And when I was looking at colleges, Bowdoin, you know, offered everything that I wanted. Um, it had a great uh, school, great, great academics, great, you know, student atmosphere. Um, you know, I... They didn't prioritize sailing, but they had a sailing team, which was a bonus. And I was able to walk on the team my freshman year, and it was just a, it just offered everything that you know I wanted to take advantage of. Preston, what's your favorite boat to sail on? Because you've had an opportunity to sail on a few. Um, I would say that my favorite boat would be probably. Oh man, that's hard. Um, you can pick more than one. Just just start just start with the first one that comes to mind. I would say I would say probably something like just recreationally, just sailing a cat. I, I really like just being able to, you know, have fun with friends on a uh, and sail around and trap. And um, I think uh, catamarans are just a blast to sail, just having fun. Racing wise, um, I think I'm really into the snipe class. Um, I'm in grad school at Georgetown, and I've been able to take advantage of sailing. Snipes in Annapolis, Maryland. They have a really great um, fleet out in Annapolis. Um, just it's just a really competitive, um, really competitive, but a really great um, fleet of people as well um, within uh, Annapolis Snipes, the Annapolis Snipe fleet. You know, I was wondering. I, I had the uh, former Stanford sailing coach, a guy named uh, John Vandermore, on the team, and he wrote a book about the Varsity Blues scandal. He basically just took a phone call, said yes, hung up, didn't do his due diligence, and uh, he was embroiled in all this. Did that, in your mind, affect college sailing in any adverse way, or is that kind of just sort of isolated in Palo Alto? Um, it's tricky. I remember when that happened. I was a student at the time. And, you know, I think it definitely hurt the perception of college sailing. I think that, you know, you can look at the stereotypes of sailing and say, like, you know, it's a white privilege, mm-hmm. um, a very privileged sport. And, you know, you have in that scenario, you have very wealthy um, individuals trying to buy their way into school. But I think that, you know, what we were trying to do with, college sailing around I guess it was around that time it was after um, where you know we, there was a huge reckoning across the um, country where you know you had this moment with George Floyd and you had the like there were a lot of questions about like you know diversity and inclusion and how do you make the sport better and I think we really came together as a sport in the community in that um in the wake of that uh, event and really tried to focus on ways that we can make the sport more diverse and inclusive. Um, because we were, uh, I, I'm speaking to really genuinely here. You know, I am an African American and I grew up sailing in this sport and I love the community, but it, it definitely gets a really bad rap sometimes 
for being this white privileged wealthy sport and um that it's not inclusive and we want to show that you know the sport is trying to be more inclusive well and just giving a shout out to u.s sailing you're on the the dei committee with them what do you see as the 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 goals at the national level because that's the olympic um you know governing body I think that, you know, while U.S. Sailing is our national governing body and they oversee the Olympics, I think one of the big goals that, you know, we're trying to do with the DEI committee is get the word out there that we want to bring people into our clubs um, and we want to bring people into our sport because this is a really great community. I, excuse me, I honestly have made, made, uh, met some of my best friends through this sport and it's, you know, um, how do you create messaging out there to just show people that, you know, this isn't an exclusive sport. There are ways to get in and, you know, we're, how do you get clubs to like um, advertise to different groups just, and how do you get people from different backgrounds into coming to the club? So I think that, you know, there's a twofold problem there, but you know, it's something that we're trying to solve and um, we're trying to work with a bunch of different um, entities to be able to, um, achieve our goals. There he is, Preston Anderson, proud of Bowdoin College. Thanks, and have fun at Georgetown, man. What a great school. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Preston. And Karen Lyle, always great to have you uh, on the show and for coming in today. Thanks for coming in. Well, you know, this is my place, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, she don't need no invitation. She got the key. Right. com. Check it out. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you. If you got a letter from the IRS and you know you owe back taxes or you haven't filed in years, don't put your head in the sand. Call us today. We've saved our customers millions of tax dollars. One quick, free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands. Guaranteed, or you pay nothing. Call now. 800-949-0039. 800-949-0039. That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. 
So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student Loan Advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-433-0539-800-433-0539-800-433-0539. That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans. Oh, come now. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> we all have our idiosyncrasies. wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you. All right. Thank you for that. A couple of minutes left in hour number one of three. Something that has been happening over the last 30, 35 years, especially the last 20 years, is that people are finally starting to catch on to something that I caught on to in um, not until I was a teenager, but the fact that soccer is really cool and it's very exciting. <laughs> Tom Brady went to go see Birmingham City. He's part of that setup. J.J. Watt and his wife, Kalia, who is a former college soccer player, they bought into Burnley. And, of course, Burnley came back to the Prem with Vincent Company as their head coach, and they played Arsenal on Friday night to kick off the season. They lost 3-0, but J.J. Watt was there pregame with Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, and they threw a football. They tried to throw a football. They threw it sideways, and then J.J. Watt tackled Jamie Carragher. Uh, American ownership up and down the league. I mean, Knott's Forest, Arsenal, Chelsea, still Man United, other teams, Crystal Palace. People are starting to catch on. People who have no idea what's going on, but they still see it, and they go, so there's something cool here. And my, uh, my answer to that is yes. It's very cool. I'm Rick Tittle. We've got two more hours. Come on back.
USA News, I'm Corey Myers. The district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, says former President Trump, a part of a criminal conspiracy to overturn that state's 2020 election results. Democrat Fawny Willis says Trump has until noon Friday to voluntarily turn himself in after he was indicted. Trump faces felony racketeering charges and more. 18 other people have also been charged in the case, including Trump's former lawyer Rudy Giuliani and former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Willis noted she'll seek a trial date within six months. Wildfires in Hawaii have now claimed at least 99 lives. Trey Thomas reports. On Monday, Governor Josh Green said more than 80% of the structures that were destroyed are residential. As I shared earlier, the scale of destruction is incredible, so our hearts are broken even a little bit more than when we were together 48 hours ago with the extra fatalities. The blaze that tore through the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui is now the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. Six former law enforcement officers in Mississippi have pled guilty to state charges connected to the torture of two black men. That incident happening in January with the six white law enforcement officers kicking down the door of a residence where the two black men were living without a warrant. Federal prosecutors say the officers then assaulted the men for two hours. The Mississippi Attorney General's office charging the five former Rankin County Sheriff's deputies and one former Richland Police Department officer with conspiracy to commit obstruction of justice. Another controversial immigrant relief center set to open this week in New York City. That shelter site is on state-owned land on a parking lot and can serve up to 1,000 single adult men seeking asylum. This is USA News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot for Revive Health. Revive is an inexpensive alternative or supplement to traditional health care. It's perfect for independent contractors, gig workers, and small business owners. What you need is flexibility, portability, affordability, and ease of access. You also need convenient care that you can get anywhere. That's what Revive is. Affordable, flexible, portable, fast, simple, health care anywhere. Revive treats you like you are the CEO of your own Fortune 500 company. Usually, you can only get access to a product like this. Ew, gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. Because it stinks, boys. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Tell me why. No, you tell me why I can't get rid of this odor. Have you tried new Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Wow, it worked, guys. Yeah. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. Americans consuming alcohol at a steady rate. Gallup's latest consumption habits poll shows that 62% of Americans say they had occasion to use alcoholic beverages such as liquor, wine, or beer. That's in line with findings for more than eight decades that the company's been tracking the number. It peaked in the late 70s at 71%. Meanwhile, this year, 38% said they do not drink at all, with 24% of that group saying they don't care for alcohol. For those who do drink, 69% said they drank in the past week and 32% in the past day. I'm John Schaefer. When life gives you lemons, make pie. It's more than just lemon. It's Lemon Meringue Pie Day. A buttery pie crust, lemon curd, and fluffy meringue. The Quakers get credit for inventing it, but it's really French, and we've been eating them since the 18th century. They're high in vitamin C, so you won't get scurvy. But at 362 calories a slice, better stick to one serving. 
I'm Bree Tennis. Retired NFL player Michael Orr claims he was not adopted by a rich white family as depicted in the 2009 movie The Blind Side. That's according to papers filed in a Tennessee court yesterday. Instead, he says the Tui family allegedly manipulated him to become more wealthy at his expense. The Tui family denies they made any money off of Orr and say they are happy to comply with what he's looking for. I'm Corey Myers, USA News. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Here, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Hey, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. You know, over the years, we hear about the guy who loses the fantasy football league, what he has to do. I remember being in the Raider image when it was still there when the Raiders were in Oakland across the freeway from the Coliseum there. And a guy was buying a brand new Darren McFadden jersey, the real deal. It was like $225. And he's like, yep. Uh, The deal was whoever came in last place had to buy a jersey for the guy who won, and that's me. And I thought, well, that's kind of a cool bet. And, uh, you know, we heard about the guy who had to go to the Waffle House to heat every waffle in there. Uh, Will Levis of the Titans, he lost, and he had to eat a full pack of uncooked hot dogs. That was the punishment. (laughs) I remember when I was a little kid, I would get an uncooked hot dog, and I'd eat it out of the fridge. We were starving. I had two other brothers. Anyway, Dave Fleming, the Giants announcer, who you might have heard on ESPN do other sports as well. Dave Fleming, he's got the great voice. A Greek history major at Stanford. Anyway, uh, Dave, because he lost his bet, he got to, he had to be, well, I say got to, he had to be the bat boy for the Giants for three innings. And all I could think of is, that's not a punishment. 
people people would pay big money to do that. Now, I mean, at least I would think you'd have to do it for the other team and wear their uniform. Go ahead, Dom. I would tank that league so hard. Sign me up for last place. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, it's just he had to do that. Yeah, so it doesn't really seem like much of a punishment to me, but what do I know? All right, 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call, 1-800-878-7529. We have some open lines, and then we'll be joined by Chris Albano, who does AI. It's taken over the world. Run and author Greg Fissery, I believe he says, uh, from Gridiron Legacy. It's a huge coffee table book. Big shout-out to everybody listening on American Forces Radio Network, and uh, also... Around the world on sportsbyline.com. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Come on back. I can't wait for what's next. Even with higher stroke risk due to atrial fibrillation in a regular heartbeat not caused by a heart valve problem. Eliquis, the Pixaban tablets, reduces stroke risk. It's the number one cardiologist prescribed blood thinner. Don't stop taking prescription Eliquis without talking to your doctor, as this may increase your risk of stroke. Eliquis can cause serious and in rare cases fatal bleeding. Don't take Eliquis if you have an artificial heart valve, abnormal bleeding, or have antiphospholipid syndrome. While taking, you may bruise more easily or take longer for bleeding to stop. A spinal injection while on Eliquis increases risk of blood clots, which may cause paralysis, the inability to move. Get medical help right away for unexpected bleeding or unusual bruising, or if you have tingling, numbness, or muscle weakness. It may increase your bleeding risk if you take medicines such as aspirin products, NSAIDs, SSRIs, SNRIs, and blood thinners. Tell your doctor about all planned medical or dental procedures. Learn more at Eliquis.com or call 1-855-ELIQUIS. Everyone watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV. 800-293-0328. 800 That's 800-293-0328. One out of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died. Or did it? Some published authors are making significant money, so join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. 
It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Hour 2 of Titillating Sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Hour two of titillating sports. Hey, check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Tittle. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Coming up in the next segment, we will have Chris Albano with us. And the interesting thing about Chris is I don't really know what he does, but it is sports, I think. But it's a he's the creative director for Galleria, and he uses AI to celebrate women's soccer as it should have been. So it's interesting. Rick, you have the most unique guest. I know. All right, you might have seen this uh, as well in the regular headlines. Michael Ower, who was the subject of that movie, The Blind Side, with Sandra Bullock, who, of course, you know, she's so good. She has that, <laughs> she just owns the screen. She owned that character. That was one of the most get her done uh, moms, maybe in movie history. But, you know, Michael Orr was an All-American at Ole Miss and, you know, getting drafted and playing in the NFL. And then he was the subject of that 2009 movie, The Blind Side. Well, he has filed a lawsuit against the Tui family saying they never adopted him and they lied about familial status for profit. He also claims he didn't get any money from the movie while the mom, the dad, the brother, and the sister got hella money. So the suit alleges that Sean and Leanne Tui did not adopt Ower as the movie portrays, but just entered into a conservatorship under the impression that it was the same as an adoption. Under the conservatorship, the Tuies can make financial deals without his consent. It's sort of like a regency. When a king or a queen back in the day was underage, under 18, you know, it's like the, the, long lane, the king is dead, long live the king. He's 12 years old. Well, they would get a regent. In other words, they would get somebody to make all the decisions for him until he was old enough or her. So this is basically like a regency. And <clears throat> the movie grossed more than $300 million. And the conservatorship also allowed the Tuies to take control of Ower's financial life, even though he was not a legal member of the family. Adoption, even of a legal adult, does not require any business agreements. And Ower is still not a legal member of the Tui family. And so <clears throat> the legal filing reads, Michael Ower discovered this lie to his chagrin and embarrassment in February of 2023, when he learned that the conservatorship to which he consented on the basis that he was doing so would make him a member of the Tui family. In fact, provided him with no familial relationship 
with the Tuies. All right, Owers also demands an end to the conservatorship. This is like free Britney Spears. He also wants uh, compensatory and punitive damages for this as well, which has existed for a long time. I mean, it's, what is it, almost 15 years. Actually, it's 20 years because it was way before the movie came out. It came out, uh, this uh, conservatorship happened when he was 18, so here's the thing. The four members of the Tui family, the white ones, each got $225,000 for the film and then 2.5% net. And that's when it starts rolling in and that all of them got millions. The son and the daughter too? Or signed over his rights to 20th Century Fox and he thought he was doing the right thing. And he didn't get a penny. So remember, the Tuies wrote a book, and Leanne Tui always says her adopted son. She's a motivational speaker. And Ower's attorney, J. Gerard Straunch the Fourth. You will not be a target team member with that name. J. Gerard Straunch the Fourth. He said to ESPN. Mike's relationship with the Tui family started to decline when he discovered that he was portrayed in the movie as unintelligent. The relationship continued to deteriorate as he learned that he was the only member of the family not receiving royalty checks from the movie, and it was permanently fractured when he realized he wasn't adopted and a part of the family. I would like to just commend something that shouldn't be commended, and that is Jay Gerard actually wrote a part as two words as he's supposed to, <laughs> because now every Tom, Dick, and Harry moron and idiot writes a part as one word, which means the opposite of a part. Um, but yeah, in the movie, I'm not going to say that they made him look dumb. He just never said anything, which, of course, when you're a big fat guy and you don't say anything, it's like, well, you've got nothing to say. So, yeah, he was portrayed as unintelligent. You know, he grew up in foster homes. He bounced around. He was homeless. He was in Memphis, Tennessee. He had, <clears throat> has, had, has 11 brothers and sisters and once he went to this Briarcrest Christian school he was coached by a guy named Hugh Freeze you might know the name if you're a War Eagle fan because that is the Auburn head coach and then Ower moved in started living with the Tuies and then when he turned 18 they said we're going to adopt you and he thought that he was adopted so you know, as I said, he went to Ole Miss. He was unanimous All-American. Was drafted by the Ravens. Played for the Titans and Panthers. Started 110 games in the NFL and retired in 2016. <clears throat> Not a super long career, but long enough to make your mark in the league. Um, now, The Blind Side was a book by Michael Lewis. And you might remember him. He wrote Moneyball. His wife... Tabitha Soren has been on this show. She was doing these like uh, silver Matthew Brady sort of 1860 pictures of the Moneyball guys. And um, 
anyway, she used to be the MTV News girl. Um, but this, uh, the Blind Side got nominated for Best Picture, and Sandra Bullock won Best Actress for being Lou An- uh, Leanne Tui. Uh, as I said, Sandra Bullock, who I believe is born in '65, that's when all the cool people were born. Um, you know, she's a home run. She's money in the bank. She can play sexy. She can play smart. She can play the mom. She can do anything. She's very versatile, as we know. She can play in horror movies, as we've seen. Um, but it's it's amazing to me that just this year, Tui found out that he wasn't adopted. I guess if you move in and they make a move, a book about you and a movie about you, and this is my son, this is my adopted son, this is my, you know, these are my adopted brothers and sisters, this is what everyone is saying, why wouldn't you believe it? Because this paperwork was done when you were a teenager, except there weren't any paperwork done outside of the conservatorship. Now, uh, I wonder what the ramifications are going to be by this, because obviously the Tuies can't say, yes, he was adopted, because he wasn't. And so now they look like complete gold diggers, they look like um, opportunists, they look like thieves, they look like liars, and it's uh, it's not great. <laughs> it's sort of like that first Howard Stern movie, it show how cute he was with his wife going through everything and until he made it big, and it was very sweet, and then they got divorced, and it's like, well, now when you watch it, it's not as sweet anymore, is it? Well, anyway, the blind side, I don't think... People are going to be watching a lot of that, but maybe they will. Maybe this will give a little kick, and then it will give the Tuies more money. <laughs> I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495-800-788-1495-800-788-1495. That's 800-788-1495. Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess. 
Life insurance will help replace your family's income. It'll help cover burial expenses. Life insurance can even help pay off debt like credit cards and medical bills. Life insurance can even pay for college. And if you own a business and you die, life insurance can help your business from collapsing. It can even help cover estate taxes. Life insurance has never been more affordable and needed. Plus, you can always shop around even if you have a plan and save some money. So call the Life Insurance Quote Line right now for free pricing information. 800-915-9654-800-915-9654-800-915-9654. That's 800-915-9654. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad. so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. All right. Thanks for that. We're waiting on our guests. And when we get her, it's uh, someone from Brazil. So it's not always the easiest thing in the world to uh, hook up. But uh, when we do, we'll throw that person on the air. Thought it was interesting. I was looking at betonline.ag, our friend there, Jimmy Shapiro, and he had a um, interesting little tidbit about uh, the odds on the pack, whatever you want to call it, um, pack four next year, I guess it would be, which is, you know, never fun. It's, uh, you know, it's always a shame. Ain't that a shame, Pat's Domino, uh, when these <laughs> when these things happen. But he had the odds uh, for next year. It said, how many Pac-12 teams will there be in 2024? And the favorite is less than eight. The second favorite is conference does not exist. So, I mean, that's pretty stark when that's the second thing listed. And no matter how they try to realign, they're going to be hemorrhaging money. 
And by the way, I heard Brian Dawkins died over the weekend, 52 years old, of a heart attack. I couldn't believe it. Fantastic wide receiver on that Bruce Snyder film uh, film team. Mike Pulaski, first-round pick of the Colts. I remember I was working in TV at the time. This was 1990, and I heard my old buddy Tim Sharp, who was married to Diane Dwyer of Channel 2, he came out of Stanford, and he was voicing something, and he said, I can tell it now, but it was voiced over 30 years ago. He said, and Sean Dawkins goes one to one Bears to another, from the Cal Bears to the Chicago Bears. And I interrupted his session. He's like, what are you doing? I go, he got drafted by the Colts. He went, oh, damn. And at the end of the uh, the show, he wrote in the credits, special thanks to Rick Tittle. <laughs> People wonder what these special thanks are for. because Anyway, uh, I, I was upset to hear that. A fantastic player out of Homestead High in Sunnyvale. He's only 52 years old. Anyway, speaking of Cal, um, uh, anyway, as I said, thoughts and prayers to the Dawkins family. But Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State have to figure out where they're going. And it's really not even about money at this point because you move out of a Power Five, you're automatically changing conferences. And the remaining Pac-4 is going to have very limited options. Oregon State and Washington State have almost no value. Nothing. And you think about the $21 million they were set to get from, well, they're going to get that this year, and there's no way they're going to make that money next year. No way. The Mountain West gets $5 million a year, and the AAC, the American it's seven million a year. They have ten years left on that contract, and in both cases, the rights holders for those conferences would have to go back to affiliates and ask for additional subscription fees. Now, Cal and Stanford have more juice because they're in a huge market, and Silicon Valley for Stanford and the Bay Area schools came one vote shy of getting in the ACC last week. That wasn't widely reported, but a full meteorite share would be $40 million a year. Now, it is possible Cal and Stanford could get approved again and just make less money. So what is the priority these days? It's branding, and that's why the best rivalries in the game reside in the 34 teams that comprise the Big Ten and the SEC beginning next year. I mean, that highlights within the industry that realignment has reached a critical mass. And not that it's over forever, but it's definitely over for a while. And, I mean, there's not much desire by either conference to add anybody who's going to drag them down or who's going to take a split of the money. They have to bring in more money. And the ACC has this ironclad grant of rights of agreements where everybody has to vote on it. And really, the the big teams there, Clemson and Florida State, they have to think, well, what's the value add here? Is it a net-net win? But... I mean, the, if you just go down the food chain, it's really not about a big payday. It's about surviving at this point. Because even if Washington State and Oregon State go to the Mountain West 
and get five million, that's an extra ten million that CBS and Fox would have to shell out. Do they want to do that? I mean, it is debatable where the Pac four create incremental <laughs> value for existing rights holders. I mean, would they? Mountain West would not confirm whether they would turn to Apple like the Pac-12 did. I guess it's in the works. But the reality is no matter what happens in realignment, there's going to be huge, massive budget cuts. Yes, that's redundant. Washington State already faces an $11.5 million athletic shortfall. And even Cal, if they do get to the ACC by taking less money, they need an incredible amount of money for athletics, and they always, always have debts because of the stadium renovations there. Jeff Tedford got those done, and then they fired him. Now, the situation might be different in the American, where schools currently earn, as I mentioned, slightly more. Instead of $5 million, they get $7 million, but that's locked in for 10 more years. And despite plenty of reports of cost-cutting, realignments, you know, and ESPN has that contract in the AAC, but they would love to get that fourth window. In broadcasting, if you don't know what that means, that means a West Coast game. The fourth window is 10 p.m. Eastern, and they would love to do that. And, you know, and they, they were thinking about Arizona and Arizona State. Well, they took their covered wagons over to the Big 12. So would a couple dozen additional games involving those four schools be worth the outlay? I don't know. I mean, it's not exactly like a <clears throat> parade of stars, you know, Alabama, Georgia, no. And is this the time to ask rights holders for more money when most people are tapped out? <laughs> they say they are. I mean, there's enough money to sink a ship. But for the last 30 years, media rights for Big Ten and SEC have grown at a rate of 10% annually. And the Pac-12 spent the last year coming to the reality that they can't touch that type of growth. And none of this is to suggest that these Pac-4 teams won't find a home because they will. But, I mean, what about that ACC if they don't land there, they have some reckoning to do. I mean, Stanford is one of the most prestigious college institutions in the world, as is Cal academically. But the thing about Stanford winning these Governor's Cup or whatever it is, all the other sports they, they have that don't produce revenue, they're national champs. But the Bay Area schools, as I said, they fell one vote last week for being included. Expansion in the ACC requires 75% of president's votes, 12 of 15. But four teams said no. Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. So what that means, they like their money. They don't want to split any of their money. They don't think bringing those two schools in will help. And they probably don't want to fly to the West Coast. They don't want to have everybody flying out to the Bay Area now. The irony has not been lost on folks that Stanford and Cal are leveraging 
their world-class academic reputations just to stay relevant in football and basketball. But that's the reality. Now, if you play in the the MWC or the ACC and you're playing San Jose State, Fredno State, uh, UTSA, East Carolina, Florida Atlantic, whew, that is a huge drop-off. I mean... In one sense, I mean, Stanford, the way they divide their sports, they go to five different conferences, but there are reasons Stanford uh, football was not carried forward in the in the ACC. The, the latter didn't consider the Bay Area market as relevant enough to college football. And that's true. Yes, it is the sixth market. But college football, no one cares out here unless you're from someplace else. And it's weird, but that's the way it is. And can you go independent? You can go independent if you're Notre Dame. You can go independent if you're Stanford at Cal, but I, I don't think you're going to make a lot of money. As I said, it's all about staying relevant and getting some cash. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back with Greg Fissery, who's wrote a very good football book. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495. That's 800-788-1495. Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess. Life insurance will help replace your family's income. It'll help cover burial expenses. Life insurance can even help pay off debt like credit cards and medical bills. Life insurance can even pay for college. And if you own a business and you die, life insurance can help your business from collapsing. It can even help cover estate taxes. Life insurance has never been more affordable and needed. Plus, you can always shop around even if you have a plan and save some money. So call the Life Insurance Quote Line right now for free Pricing information. 800 915 9654. 800 915 9654. 800 915 9654. That's 800 915 9654. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. 
That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number. They'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. Teams have four attempts to move the ball 10 yards. So if you see a graphic on your screen that says first and 10... That means it's the team's first attempt to get 10 yards. be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened. All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show author Greg Fissery. And he's talk, here to talk about his new outstanding book, a coffee table book. It's a big boy. It's a tome. Gridiron Legacy, Pro Football's Missing Origin Story. Greg, welcome to the show. I think it's uh, uh, great that somebody actually went on this deep dive, as the kids would say these days, because, you know, we always heard that pro football, even through World War II, wasn't a big deal, and college football was bigger, and, and the, ba- the, the, the football looked like a basketball. All, no one would split an end. When did you decide to go ahead and, and, and take this uh, close look? Yeah, hey, Rick, thanks for having me on. Um, well, it's a family lore story, uh, a.k.a. Legacy, that's the title, Gridiron Legacy. Growing up in Pittsburgh, which I learned is actually the birthplace of pro football, not Canton, Ohio, um, contrary to popular belief. The NFL was founded in Canton in 1920, but pro football born in Pittsburgh in 1892. I grew up hearing a story from my grandmother in a little suburb of Pittsburgh that uh, my great-grandfather was one of the great players of the pre-NFL era, and she had a few of his team pictures uh, on her basement wall. So it was planted in my brain from the time I was a little boy that there was something really interesting there. But as uh, I grew and the Internet came to be, I was able to pursue what was originally just a genealogy story, um, starting back in around 2007 when she passed away. Um, I was further inspired by more photos that I found when we cleaned out her house, a really rich uh, volume of of photos from his career that I ended up taking to the Hall of Fame, and uh, with their encouragement um, and sort of validation that it was all something really unique and special, that I had an opportunity to to share this story and these photos with the world in a really unique way. So it's been in the works about 15 years, and 
that's how it got started. So your great-grandfather was the world's greatest center. Can you tell me a little bit more about why he got that? Right. So um, he was on several world championship teams, basically every one from 1901 to 1906. Uh, 1901 and two were in Pittsburgh. The first was called homestead the second was called the pittsburgh uh stars christy matthewson the famous baseball pitcher was on that team but then pro football died in pittsburgh just for financial reasons they weren't able to make it work but uh little town of maslin in ohio had the idea to bring him and three of his teammates out to play for the maslin tigers because they really wanted to beat their rival the canton bulldogs and um which they did for every year from 1903 to 06 and won, you know, several more world championships. So he became known as the, before the forward pass, which happened in 1906, and it was a running game, the center keyed the line, and they won, you know, he won six consecutive world championships. He was referenced in some of the papers back then as being the world's greatest center. So that, that was pretty um, interesting and, and gave me more inspiration to understand his career and um, and what happened to the lost pre-NFL era. You know, we, we know most of the old baseball names, even going back to the 1800s, we still hold them in, in uh, you know, great regard. But football, these names you discovered, Peggy Parrott, Twister Steinberg, Pud McChesney, Pop sweet. When you started discovering these names and know how that they're mostly lost to history, was that kind of fulfilling to bring these names back? Absolutely. You know, they, they're the real pioneers, uh, trailblazers um, of our what's become our most popular sport. Um, sometime, you know, it's debatable when, but maybe after the baseball strike of '94, maybe a little earlier. Um, Football overtook baseball as kind of our national sport or pastime. And the notion that, that the founders and heroes, pioneers of the game, um, are not being honored um, and, and recognized, even by the Hall of Fame yet, uh, w- was something that really drove me to, to uh, dig into and, and, and share. And, and uh, the further I dug, the more rich... And controversial the story became because it seems like it, the story was kind of maybe brushed under the rug because there was a uh, alleged gambling scandal associated with the world championships in 1906 between Canton and Maslin. And without resolution of that, it sort of pro football died for about 10 years until Jim Thorpe came around in 1915 to Canton and, and restarted pro football leading to the founding of the NFL there in 1920. So there was a big opportunity to, to you know, go very back, uh, all the way back to the the book of Genesis, as Jerome Bettis called it, um, of the sport, and and uh, put it together. A couple more questions here for Greg Fisher, his new book, Gridiron Legacy. You mentioned Jim Thorpe, and of course that's the name we know, and his Olympic prowess, and... Uh, having his medals taken away because, you know, maybe he made 50 cents on a game someday, and so he was regarded as a professional, and uh, too bad he had to get those back posthumously. But 
as I said, that's a name we know, uh, Native American heritage, a hero to a lot of different people. What what did he bring, and what was the excitement like when he came to the league? It was really a big deal. I mean, it, it's um, hard to appreciate what an icon he was to to the country after, um, especially as a, a minority um, coming out of a, a little Native American college in central Pennsylvania called Carlisle and um, playing college football there, which you know, was a top 10 team and competed with Notre Dame and several of the, you know, the, the Ivy League schools of, of the biggest uh, programs in the country then. Um, it, it, he was the savior, basically, uh, the, who resurrected the game. Um, there was a, a Canton um, young boy who was, funny story, the sort of the, the ball boy for the Canton team in the 1906 series, which I explained became controversial, but he loved his experience. His name was Jack Cusack, and 10 years later, when he's in his 20s, he was asked to if he would be interested in leaving his full-time business job to to start and manage the second version of, of the Canton Bulldogs. And he said it was the greatest time of his life, and he was all in to do that. And it was his idea to recruit Jim Thorpe to come uh, to, to Canton and see what And, you know, crowds... But, you know, maybe a seven or 10,000 people person crowd then was, was a big deal, but it was able to establish that pro football could be profitable if positioned the right way. And um, he actually became the acting commissioner uh, and slash president of, of the first NFL, which was actually first called the American Pro Football Association in 1920, changed the name in 1922. But while still playing, and coaching, he was also the commissioner. He was that important to the game. So many remarkable things in this book. Uh, you know, I'm a lifelong football fan like most Americans, and still um, I never heard about the 1902 and 1903 games that were played in Madison Square Garden. What? Right. What the heck? Right. <laughs> they were entrepreneurs. They were trying, you know, willing to try anything to fill – um, the garden in the off season, and they, they <laughs> filled it with dirt. Sort of a the really first version of the, an arena league. You know, a, a smaller field. I think it was about seventy yards, and uh, apparently some of the punts even broke the the overhead lights. Um, <laughs> so they had to take some timeouts to clean up the glass. Wow! And um, they, you know, many of the best players um, came and formed some teams to compete and try it but it didn't they tried it for two years and didn't turn a profit so that was the end of that also and this is kind of fitting with the times college players got money back then oh gosh you know has it ever stopped is that, you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes there there's um written documentation but uh from the guy who was first believed to be the, the uh, first professional player. Uh, his name was John Brawlier, and he was from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where Arnold Palmer was from. And uh, he had took meticulous notes um, and 
uh, a wonderful photo collection that's all still at the Latrobe Area Historical Society. Um, great folks there were super helpful to me in my research. And uh, he wrote how he first got uh, $10 uh, to and some food to uh, play for, for the Latrobe team to fill in for an injured quarterback when he was um, just about to go off to college at Washington and Jefferson College nearby. But um, uh, that was 1895, and uh, he wrote how several of his teammates also got paid. But uh, it was all under the table and not discovered really until the Hall of Fame opened in 1963, That um, and they went on their own search to document the origins of, of the pro game, that a, an accounting ledger was found from earlier in 1892 from a team called the Allegheny Athletic Association in Pittsburgh, where a fellow named um, William Pudge Heffelfinger um, <laughs> from Yale was paid $500, a lot more than earlier, uh, to play for them, the Allegheny Athletic Association, in a game against their rival, Pittsburgh Athletic Club, and score the only touchdown on a scoop and score, as we say now, uh, to win that game. So that was big money. Maybe my math is correct about, I don't know, 13000 or something for, for one game back then. So that became known as the birth certificate of pro football, that, that accounting wow. ledger, and it's in the, uh, on display in the Hall of Fame. The book is called Gridiron Legacy, Pro Football's Missing Origin Story, and uh, it is available uh, from Graymare Press. Speaking of Pittsburgh, Franco Harris with a uh, foreword in this, and uh, we have been speaking to the author, Greg Fishery, his great-grandfather, um, by the name of Bob Shearing, snapped the ball for the first forward pass in history. It's a pretty cool thing and a pretty cool book. Greg, congratulations. Thanks for coming on. Thanks very much. It's launched on Amazon today, um, and uh, it's also available at gridironlegacy.com. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a break. Come on back on Byline. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-617-5145. 800-617-5145. 800-617-5145. That's 800-617-5145.
Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-867-6917. That's 800-867-6917. President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you. If you got a letter from the IRS and you know you owe back taxes or you haven't filed in years, don't put your head in the sand. Call us today. We've saved our customers millions of tax dollars. One quick, free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands. Guaranteed, or you pay nothing. Call now. 800-949-0039. 800-949-0039. That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline. I joined the Army because my father and my brother were in the Army. I thought I'd better join before I got drafted. Son, uh, there ain't no draft no more. There was one? Tittle always goes commando. Thank you for that. We still have hour three coming up. Comedian Paul Morrissey will join us. J.D. Sharp on the other side, too. There, there are some weird streaks in sports. One of the weirdest ones was extended on Saturday. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Eagles by 1.20-19 in the preseason. They have won 24 preseason games in a row. Now, remember Bill Walsh hated losing anything. And I remember when I was in high school, Joe Montana would be in in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I I don't want to lose. And I know that Vince Lombardi was kind of the same way. They had a uh, 19-game win streak. But remember, back then there were six preseason games per year. And you did play your good players for a lot. It used to be, well, the starters will play for a half. But... Yeah, you know, the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson or Odell Beckham or Roquan Smith or Marlon Humphrey. It's basically just Tyler Huntley going out there. It's a very bizarre streak. <laughs> and, um, I don't really know why it's happening. But then again, 
you know, the Indians, that's what they were called. They used to win the Cactus League every year, and then they'd be the worst team in baseball. And you look at the Raiders last year who won all their preseason games. It doesn't really matter. But John Harbaugh, he's a run-first guy like his brother, and that might have something to do with it instead of all these lousy quarterbacks throwing picks all over the place. All right, we got another hour. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline. News. I'm Corey Myers. The district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, says former President Trump, a part of a criminal conspiracy to overturn that state's 2020 election results. Democrat Fawny Willis says Trump has until noon Friday to voluntarily turn himself in after he was indicted. Trump faces felony racketeering charges and more. 18 other people have also been charged in the case, including Trump's former lawyer Rudy Giuliani and former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Willis noted she'll seek a trial date within six months. Wildfires in Hawaii have now claimed at least 99 lives. Trey Thomas reports. On Monday, Governor Josh Green said more than 80% of the structures that were destroyed are residential. As I shared earlier, the scale of destruction is incredible, so our hearts are broken even a little bit more than when we were together 48 hours ago with the extra fatalities. The blaze that tore through the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui is now the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. Six former law enforcement officers in Mississippi have pled guilty to state charges connected to the torture of two black men. That incident happening in January with the six white law enforcement officers kicking down the door of a residence where the two black men were living without a warrant. Federal prosecutors say the officers then assaulted the men for two hours. The Mississippi Attorney General's office charging the five former Rankin County Sheriff's deputies and one former Richland Police Department officer with conspiracy to commit obstruction of justice. Another controversial immigrant relief center set to open this week in New York City. That shelter site is on state-owned land on a parking lot and can serve up to 1,000 single adult men seeking asylum. This is USA News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot for Revive Health. Revive is an inexpensive alternative or supplement to traditional health care. It's perfect for independent contractors, gig workers, and small business owners. What you need is flexibility, portability, affordability, and ease of access. You also need convenient care that you can get anywhere. That's what Revive is. Affordable, flexible, portable, fast, simple, health care anywhere. Revive treats you like you are the CEO of your own Fortune 500 company. Usually you can only get access to a product like this. Ew. 
Gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. Because it stinks, boys. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Tell me why. No, you tell me why I can't get rid of this odor. Have you tried new Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Wow, it worked, guys. Yeah. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. Americans consuming alcohol at a steady rate. Gallup's latest consumption habits poll shows that 62% of Americans say they had occasion to use alcoholic beverages such as liquor, wine, or beer. That's in line with findings for more than eight decades that the company's been tracking the number. It peaked in the late 70s at 71%. Meanwhile, this year, 38% said they do not drink at all, with 24% of that group saying they don't care for alcohol. For those who do drink, 69% said they drank in the past week and 32% in the past day. I'm John Schaefer. When life gives you lemons, make pie. It's more than just lemon. It's Lemon Meringue Pie Day. A buttery pie crust, lemon curd, and fluffy meringue. The Quakers get credit for inventing it, but it's really French, and we've been eating them since the 18th century. They're high in vitamin C, so you won't get scurvy. But at 362 calories a slice, better stick to one serving. I'm Bree Tennis. Retired NFL player Michael Orr claims he was not adopted by a rich white family as depicted in the 2009 movie The Blind Side. That's according to papers filed in a Tennessee court yesterday. Instead, he says the Tui family allegedly manipulated him to become more wealthy at his expense. The Tui family denies they made any money off of Orr and say they are happy to comply with what he's looking for. I'm Corey Myers, USA News. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Hear Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. I'm going to talk a little Women's World Cup here for two minutes. So if you taped it, tune out for two minutes and come back. First semifinal this morning between Spain and Sweden began at 1 a.m. out here. I watched the first half and finally went to bed. Um, it wasn't a very good first half. It was. I think both teams were a little bit tentative, and that happens sometimes, trying not to lose. Um, I mean, it wasn't boring. There were some individual spurts, but nothing really was going down but the rent. But the last 10 minutes <laughs> got very exciting because Spain scored in the 80th minute, and then uh, Sweden equalized in the 88th minute, and then two minutes later, Spain won. Now, here's the thing that's disappointing. One of the things that I love about this Women's World Cup since 2011 is that it just, I'm not, I'm reminded that it's not women. Now, it's a little slower and there's the passes aren't as good on average. You know, it's not as good as the men's game. It'd be stupid to say that, but it's still really good and exciting. But the one thing I had a problem with in the previous World Cups, the 2011, was that you could kick it over the goalie's head, which would never, I mean, even Fabian Barthez, he would be able to jump. And so these these goalkeepers were like five foot two, and then you just kick it over their heads. And I'm like, that's not soccer. And so the best, and who probably won the golden glove, uh, the gold gloves, I should say, is this Musevich, who's the Swedish goalie, who was amazing against the United States. The goal she gave up to lose it and to get knocked out went over her head. And I want to say she's about 5'8". And I, I just, and that's amazing for Olga, who scored for Spain. That's the great shot. But that should never happen, where you jump. and it, I mean, if you get looped because you're way out of your box, but if you're standing on the line and you jump and it goes over your head... I don't know. But anyway, congratulations to Spain and Sweden. I'm not sympathetic because you knocked out the United States. So they'll play the winner of Australia and England, who will play at 3 a.m. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Jim Gaffigan here with some more straight talk. Let's take a moment to appreciate our sweet children, loving grandparents, and eternal soulmates. Now let's use them to save money on wireless. Because with the Straight Talk Silver Plan, you get four lines for just $25 a month with unlimited data and no contracts. So add those human pawns, I mean loved ones, and save money. Thanks, kids. They're finally worth it. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart. Get four lines on Silver Unlimited for $25 per line per month, plus taxes and fees. For data management practices and additional terms, visit straighttalk.com. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647-855-325-5647-855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647. 
Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-433-0539-800-433-0539-800-433-0539. That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans. This is J.D. Sharp. I've been developing a revolutionary sports handicapping service, and you can be a part of the beta. Sign up at BetUS.com with a deposit of as little as $50 and use the promo code SHARPBETTING. Email a screenshot of your account to WorldwideSharp at gmail.com, and I'll reply personally with my plays. My NFL record this season was an industry best 72-33, and and this is the only way to know all my plays the moment I make them. Let's keep making money together. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome. He's a genius. Coming up next, Rick Tittle. Thank you for that. Waiting on J.D. if he calls, and we'll put him on the air. For a lot of years now, the Major League trade deadline at the end of July and then the one at the end of August was discussed, like, what do we really want to do? And then a few years ago, they said, let's just make it one deadline. Forget putting everybody through waivers, that weird... Because the trade deadline never really ends, it seems like, and you can even get guys in September who weren't on Major League rosters as well. They just can't play in the playoffs. Playoffs? Right. But John Shea, who I know, and uh, he's always very nice to me, he laid a case. He's with the Chronicle. He's a great baseball writer. Had him on the show recently talking about his Willie Mays book that he wrote. But he laid out a case for moving the trade deadline to August 15th. And I don't know how much urgency there is to this, but the late July deadline was instituted when I was in college in the 80s, and that was way before the wild card era. At that time, there were 26 teams and four playoff spots, meaning... 15% of the league would get into the postseason. Now there are 12 spots for 30 teams, which means 40% of the league gets into the playoffs. So, I mean, this most recent trade deadline provided an example of this because only a few teams, my A's, were completely out of it. And some decision makers commented after the fact about just the low availability of 
impact players. And so a lot of times the the acquisition you made was not training a guy like Otani or Bellinger in L.A. and Chicago. It just wasn't enough to justify. So John Shea also pointed out that with there's no second trade deadline without the, the revocable waivers, and if you don't remember that, in August you had to put somebody through waivers before you could trade them. And then it went first to your league, worst to first, then the other league, worst to first. And if anybody put a claim on them, you could let them go, and then that entire contract is then absorbed by that team. Or you could make a deal for the guy, or you pull him off waivers. But you could only pull the guy off waivers once. If you tried to sneak him through again, whoever claimed him got him. And so... Billy Bean used to say he put his entire team through waivers and then would just pull everybody off or if <laughs> or not. That is, if anybody got claimed, just so he knew he could trade them. And so it was, you know, these sort of Byzantine rules that were tough to explain sometimes. But if you think about some big deals, I mean, Verlander got traded in August once. Josh Donaldson, that was an August one. Bagwell, David Cohn, Smoltz. I mean, if you remember the Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, Josh Beckett, I mean, these huge deals, Red Sox, Dodgers. But as we know, they got rid of that in 2019. And so the single trade deadline, and there there hasn't been a lot of clamoring for the waiver trade line to come back. It's just pushing it back two weeks. And instead of, and it is weird that instead of the end of July or August, they, that they picked just the end of July because, well, that's just the regular trade deadline. I don't think they thought about it, like splitting the difference, because I kind of agree with John Shea, maybe that extra two weeks. Because you've got to make all these difficult decisions in July about whether you're aggressive and you're in it or you're out of it or not. And then the draft has been moved from June to July to tie it into the All-Star Game festivities, right? So that means front offices have this short window of time to pivot from the draft to the deadline. And if you push the deadline back a couple of weeks, more chips fall, you get hot, you start stinking. I mean, if you waited till August 15th, the Dodgers probably would have traded Shoei Otani because they're done now. They're done. Even J.D. JD Sharp says they're not. They are. As I said, before on, on July 31st, the Angels' chances of making the playoffs was 17%. Now it's 1%. And we have about three minutes with J.D. Sharp, ProWagering, ProWagering.com. J.D., I was just talking about the idea of moving the trade deadline to mid-August next year splitting the difference between the old deadlines because if we had if it was mid-August now the Angels probably would have traded Otani now that they have what, what I think is no shot um, what are your thoughts about having it remain at the end of July or putting it at August 15th I don't know do, do I use one example to make that decision I'm, I'm not sure do I and do I, do they have no shot I mean, they, they got destroyed last night they lost 12 to nothing uh, Scherzer looked unbelievable. They're obviously going to win the division. Most like, what are they? Are they behind eight now? Seven or eight games in the wild card? Seven, eight, something like that. Uh, Trout 
is talking about maybe coming back, maybe not coming back. Apparently he's in a lot of pain. Trout's starting to, I'm starting to question Mike Trout, to be honest with you. Uh, he, he got that massive contract, massive contract, biggest in, in really sports history. And then he, the next three years, he just gets hurt. He, he, hits, he misses 30 to 50 games every single year. My question for Trout is, has this guy been using PEDs? Is that why he's getting injured so much? Has he been using performance-enhancing drugs? Has he been using steroids? Is that why he went from 25 home runs and 340 and and 50 stolen bases to 42 home runs and getting walked three times and 45 home runs and weighing 6'2", being 6'2", and weighing 240 pounds and not stealing bases? I don't know. I hope that's not the case. Um, But, yeah, I mean, in this situation, obviously, Hyde since 2020, but, yeah, it it would make sense. The Angels obviously would trade Otani at this point, but I think that you have to – I think it's keep where it is because it, you, this is t- to me this late in the season it's too obvious. It's it's very very obvious that a team has to make this. You've got you've got a player like an Otani, a generational player, who is in his last year on your team. You know, with, with his contract, you're going to have to either re-sign him in the off season or trade him or whatever. I mean, obviously that decision's too easy, but you know, a month month and a half ago, it wasn't it wasn't that easy of a decision to make. So there's a little risk involved. Uh, I, I prefer that. I prefer there being a little skill involved in that, making moves that, that put you in a situation where you can make the playoffs um, and, and you are able to keep a player you know, like Otani. But you're right. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, Otani is gone. And not only is he gone, I think he stays in the division and he becomes a Mariner. And if that happens and you've got Rodriguez and Otani and that pitching staff and Teoscar Hernandez and Eugenio Suarez and Kyle Raleigh, and et cetera, et cetera, the Mariners become a powerhouse uh, for, for a long time. So uh, I don't think the Angels are out yet. I think they've got probably one more week before we can say they're officially out. Uh, they're going to have to win multiple, you know, probably four of the next five or three of the next five games to to, to be in that to be in that position. Um, but I, I think that you should keep the the deadline where it's at, Rick. All right, one more question for you. I'll I'll put it to you like this because I mean, just a couple other examples. The Padres, maybe they would have traded Hayter or Snell if they knew they were going to keep stinking. You mentioned the Mariners who got hot. Maybe they would have been more aggressive and and added. But when they put this in in 86, the deadline, one, uh, 15% of the league made the playoffs. There were 26 teams for four spots. Now there's 12 teams right. for 12 spots. Now 40% of the league makes it. And it used to be you had the end of July and you had the end of August. And they've moved the draft back. So people are thinking about the draft. I just think putting it in the middle – would give teams just that extra two weeks to decide. Now, I like what you said about having the skill to predict, but on the other hand, I think splitting the difference might make more sense. So you're saying you're, you're saying on the other side, you're saying making it closer to the start of the season? No, no, I'm saying it used to be, you know, we had the, the non-waiver end of July and then the waiver right. uh, trade deadline at the end of August. So instead right. of just keeping the original end of July and then ignoring August, move the trade deadline to August 15th so we just get two more weeks to figure out what we're doing. But say, for example, the Braves have, what, 46 games left? I think they have the most. There's no team with more than 50 games left. I mean, the season is 70% over for, if you're not making the playoffs for, you know, we're saying 18 teams, something like that. But if you are making the playoffs for for about twelve teams, so um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I just I think that you're making it too easy for them 
if you're waiting until until the season's 70% over because the decision's it's very, very obvious at that point. And as a bit of a gambler that I am, and uh, you know, a, a person that kind of prides himself on his ability to predict, that's just just me personally. I like I like it where it's at, but I can see where you're coming from as well. We're giving them more time to make a more informed decision. Well, I can tell you, my A's wouldn't need two more weeks. They, they, <laughs> you're right. They you're right. They would not. <laughs> right they, now, at least in the near future. Uh, by the way, Aiden, by the way, we got to start talking NFL soon. Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, we got to start talking about Aiden O'Connell soon. Yes, he's going to be the third string guy. I'd like him to be the backup instead of Hoyer, but we'll talk about that another day with JD Sharp from ProAdring, ProAdring.com. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back. We have open lines at 1 800 878 play. of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died or did it. Some published authors are making significant money. So join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. This is a true, sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend, and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-361-3491. 800-361-3491. That's 800-361-3491. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear. Nothing shows on the back of your ear. And at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. 
Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738. What kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy. All right, thank you for that. Lines are available. Comedian Paul Morrissey. <clears throat> he sings like this, like this, like this, like this. Oh, wait, that's the other Morrissey. Uh, but we're here for you. 1-800-878-PLAY. Um, I'm going to jump around here a little bit. Jump around, jump around. Um... <laughs> I saw this quote yesterday from Jeffrey Loria. He owned the Marlins for 15 years, and then he sold it to the Miami Herald, fronted by Derek Jeter back in 2017. And one of the biggest issues Loria had with Jeter was the fact that he got rid of the sculpture that erupted when the Marlins hit a home run or won a game. It was that really bizarre sort of, I don't know what to call it. It kind of looks like a... Uh, a nightmare if you were like in the Bahamas, but it had this mar. It was actually kind of cool if you bought into it. But uh, Loria said destroying public art was a horrible thing to do. And it was Loria's friend, Red Grooms, who built that for $2.5 million. So it had mechanical marlins spinning and white seagulls scoring and pelicans dancing and a fountain spraying for 29 seconds and it now is they still have it but it's outside the stadium Loria said I asked the artist about getting it back and I told him I would help him find a new home for it he didn't want to get involved now it will rot outside where it is condemned to neglect and outdoor decay Loria also said he wasn't a fan of some of the other changes that Jeter did uh, when he was with the front office. Loria said, I was fastidious about all the color we put into the building, and it was changed. It didn't have to be changed. They covered up all the colorful tires, tiles, which we brought in from Europe. To me, it reflected the culture of Miami. Now it's all blue. It's ridiculous. The amenities like the fish tanks behind home plate, they were there for the kids, and they got rid of them. Silly. Uh, by the way, Jeter is not with the Marlins anymore. Kim Ng runs the team. But let me say a couple of things about Loria. First of all, HBO, there wasn't HBO. Um, Showtime had this thing called The Franchise where they followed a team around. It was supposed to be the Hard Knocks. They did the Giants and the Marlins, and then they gave up. That Marlins team, <clears throat> I remember seeing uh, Samson, who David Sampson was the president of the team. He was Loria's son-in-law. And he came out during a meeting with all these office ladies, and he's dropping F-bombs. And I thought it was very uncouth. And I remember the first meeting, Ozzy 
Guillen, who was the manager, he had this F-word expletive tirade, and Loria grabbed him, and he goes, you're the best, you're the best. Jeffrey Loria also, Joe Girardi one time was being yelled at by Loria from the first row behind the dugout, and finally Girardi turned around, Marlon's manager, and said, talk to me after the game, I'm trying to manage, and Loria said, you're fired. And then Joe Girardi won National League Manager of the Year after he was fired. Um, but to me, the thing that really sticks out about Jeffrey Loria that I got to see during that franchise show, which is the same show that saw, showed Brandon Belt cry when he was told he made the team. That was with the Giants. Um, <clears throat> was the fact, remember they told Aubrey Huff that his credit card was stolen? They pulled a prank on him. And then later, Aubrey Huff had a panic attack. It's probably the wrong guy to pull that trick on. Probably the wrong guy to boo. Still the only Giants player I saw booed relentlessly at the new park. Greg Minton and Jeff Brantley got booed at the at Candlestick. Anyway, Jeffrey Loria, he fancies himself as an art dealer, international wheeler dealer. He basically, his art was dogs playing poker on velvet posters. Horrifying taste. If you ever go to like, Union Square near Chinatown, and you go up on Grant Street, they have these stores where, like, Michael Jackson would walk in and go, three porcelain Dalmatians, uh, two uh, jade elephants. It was basically over-the-top, audacious, gaudy garbage. Gaudy garbage named my podcast, by the way, Um, which I do with Aubrey Plaza. But still, uh, this guy, Jeffrey Loria, is insane. <laughs> so he has every right to not like that they changed all his stuff, and he might be right about getting rid of the the uh, nightmare fountain because I'm sure some people liked it. <clears throat> but I just want to throw you a couple of uh, Loria stories there. Um, also, uh, this is from the NFL the news from the Indianapolis Colts that Anthony Richardson, the number four overall pick, wearing number five, he will be the starting quarterback. He is QB1. They also have a new head coach named Shane Steichen. And Anthony Richardson was one of those guys, young guy out of Florida, didn't play a lot of college football games, but showed enough arm and promise that a lot of people were like, I got to have him. He was sort of like the Trey Lance of a real conference. By the way, people saying Trey Lance might get cut. Are they really going to cut him? You want Sam Darnold as third string? He's right now trying to make third string. And who's that other schmuck they had? Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. He backed up Joe Burrow, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, amazing to me that Trey Lance is trying hard to be third string and he sucked against the Raiders and didn't do himself any favors. But if you're looking at Indianapolis, they have Gardner Minshew, title guest, and Sam Ellinger, former UT quarterback. And the reason that he's starting is because, well, they have Gardner Minshew and Sam Ellinger. Um, in his preseason debut, Richardson went 7 for 12, 67 yards, and one interception. He ran twice for seven yards. Um, 
There was also a fumble and a missed field goal. That was where his three drives, interception, somebody else fumbled, missed field goal. But from day one, Robert Ursay, probably smashing an old Willie Nelson guitar on the stage, he has received first-round reps all the way. And they kept saying, oh, it's competition between him and Minshew. No, it's not. And Minshew's a very good backup, by the way. But if you think about since Andrew Luck walked out, they turned to Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz. Remember the Colts only had to win one of their last three games to make the playoffs? The Raiders did instead. But they lost at Jacksonville, which was the worst team in football, and then drafted Trevor Lawrence. That's how bad Carson Wentz was with the Colts. They also tried Matt Ryan, if you're forgetting. And so they finally have a kid that they think will carry him over. And you know, look, they, they, if you are starting in your first-year quarterback and you're a high pick, that probably means that your team was horrifying. And remember Troy Aikman, 1-15 his first year. And um, Jimmy Johnson, he got rid of, what was his name, Steve Walsh. He said, I got rid of the wrong quarterback. Jimmy Johnson hated him. But Anthony Richardson, you know, 6'4", 250, he's got great size. He's a great athlete. Um, you know, as I said, he did not play many college games, just really more, a little bit more than one season. And because of his potential, he's now the starting quarterback in the National Football League. And he's obviously not ready, as we, I just told you from the preseason, but he has three weeks to get ready. The question is, are they going to put him in kid gloves and wrap him in cotton wool and put him in a Kobe beef net, or are they actually going to let him get out there and face some live hitting? I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back with comedian Paul Morrissey. can't wait for what's next. Even with higher stroke risk due to atrial fibrillation and a regular heartbeat not caused by a heart valve problem. Eliquis, the Pixaban tablets, reduces stroke risk. It's the number one cardiologist prescribed blood thinner. Don't stop taking prescription Eliquis without talking to your doctor as this may increase your risk of stroke. Eliquis can cause serious and in rare cases fatal bleeding. Don't take Eliquis if you have an artificial heart valve, abnormal bleeding, or have antiphospholipid syndrome. While taking, you may bruise more easily or take longer for bleeding to stop. A spinal injection while on Eliquis increases risk of blood clots, which may cause paralysis, the inability to move. Get medical help right away for unexpected bleeding or unusual bruising, or if you have tingling, numbness, or muscle weakness. It may increase your bleeding risk if you take medicines such as aspirin products, NSAIDs, SSRIs, SNRIs, and blood thinners. Tell your doctor about all planned medical or dental procedures. Learn more at Eliquis.com or call 1-855-ELIQUIS. 
Everyone watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So Call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV. 800-293-0328 That's 800-293-0328 Attention homeowners, it's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's homeownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's when you go out and you look for reptiles. Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey. I feel bad about that now, but uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show stand-up comedian Paul C. Morrissey, and he is here to talk about his uh, new album from Blonde Medicine, and it's entitled Ice Cream Versus Everything. And uh, this album uh, just came out, and uh, we're quite excited to have uh, Paul with us. Paul, exciting times when an album, I used to say, I'm in my 50s, so I'd say debuts. Now it drops, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, <laughs> it was actually, it ended up, the timing was, it was on midnight of my birthday. Wow. So that was kind of cool. And then it got to uh, number three on the uh, the comedy album charts. So I was ahead of Weird Al Yankovic, who I, I actually opened for once. So it's my whole childhood coming full circle. So thanks for having me on. Take that, Weird Al, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a lot of people know you from your pod with Tom Papa, and uh, I've had... Um, 
Tom in here in studio with me many times, and I'm a big fan. And you know, if you listen to Mark Norman, he he was the first a guy to take Mark on the road with him. Uh, Tom's a real good guy, isn't he? Oh, great! Yeah, uh, I actually, yeah, I I kind of uh, you know, I started as a sports guy uh, in Northern California, and then I when I quit my job, I moved to New York, and Jim Gaffigan was the the first guy who did that for me, and so I was kind of touring with him, and then he got super famous. And then when I moved to LA, I knew Tom Papa from New York and uh, we ended up working on a couple of his TV shows and we, we did the podcast and I just did his live show from the comedy cellar and we still tour. We just did a, a big venue that the city national Grove in Anaheim, which is right by the angels ballpark. Uh, had a couple thousand people just this weekend. So uh, yeah, we're still pretty good. I'm like, I was in their family picture once. That's how, uh, <laughs> I look like the adopted uh, the exchange student or something in their photo. So, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. So. Where, where did you work in NorCal? So I worked at uh, my first uh, – so I played uh, college basketball somehow. I played at Binghamton University and then uh, Cortland State College. And then my only offers were to play in Ireland or for the Washington Generals. Uh, so <laughs> – and I had a couple friends that played for the Generals. They said it was a great – Great gig. Combine the three favorite things, traveling the world, shooting three-pointers, and playing no defense. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, so I'm kind of mad I missed out on that, but I took basketball too seriously. So I either going to coach or, uh, or, or work in uh, TV, and I interned at the station that covered my college team, and then I ended up interning in Phoenix for a summer, and then I got a mayor job with KRCR in uh, Redding, Chico, California. So I don't know. You're uh, familiar with that. You're a San Francisco guy, right? Yeah, but we. I mean, I used to go fishing in Trinity. We'd go to Redding, the home of Megan Rapino, uh, by the way, Redding, California. Uh, I played absolutely. Yeah, I played football against Chico when I was in college in the '80s. I played for St. Mary's, but you mentioned Binghamton, which is, I think, regarded as the best SUNY school, and that's a Tony Kornheiser school, right? Yeah, yeah. Tony Kornheiser went there when it was called Harper College. That's how long ago he was there. Uh, Taft uh, was president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're still called the Colonials, I think. They switched it to Bearcats when they changed over to Division One to sell more merch, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I covered uh, Aaron Rodgers was in the high school in Chico mm-hmm. back then. I covered the... Uh, the uh, football wise, I covered the first year of John Gruden with the Raiders, mm-hmm. and so that was interesting because that was kind of pre-internet, so nobody really knew what John Gruden looked like. So I just came in and I was looking for the oldest looking guy, and there was a gray-haired guy that I just walked up to, and it ended up being Wade Wilson, who was the third-string quarterback. Yeah. So he wasn't the coach. Gruden was only like 36 at the time. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Wade Wilson. I think he's no longer with us. Uh, he had that. Yeah. He had that game he's against the, the Chargers. He hit James Jett. To I mean, of all people, Wade Wilson to James Jett. But if you were there in Alameda in John Gruden's first year, you were there with me because I was there. Okay, yeah, and and the funny thing is, you know, I was just the lowly. I was the ABC affiliate, but I was just lowly Redding Chico. So you got the good interviews with Charles <laughs> Woodson, and I got the. Uh, I used to interview John Ritchie all the time yeah. because nobody knew him. And then we ended up being pretty good friends and, like, had some inside jokes. And then, uh, you know, I think it was about 10 or 15 years later, I end up working on the Artie Lang TV show, and John Ritchie ends up being the co-host, 
so that's how uh, the sports world kind of comes full circle. <laughs> yeah, he was great, half Stanford, half Michigan. He he told me that after he left and went to the Eagles that he got married and Al Davis sent him a wedding present. It's like if you were on Al's good side, you were a friend yeah. for life. Just don't be on his bad side. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did it for – I covered the Kings also for, you know, the last year of Bobby Hurley to when they got – Chris Weber and Jason Williams and all that kind of stuff. So it was a it was a pretty fun time. But um but yeah, I was goofing around too much and I knew, you know, I was either gonna get fired or uh had to start doing uh doing some comedy. So I just went to a comedy club one night and there was a woman and I was like, Hey, you're really funny and I you can do stand up and so I just kinda went full into comedy and uh and here's how I knew Rick that I made the right decision. I did a uh uh, about 10 years ago, I did a, a Nike commercial with Chris Paul playing a sports reporter, and I made as much money as I did that year in Reading. So I think I did the right thing. That, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, we're speaking with Paul C. Morrissey, the new album, Ice Cream versus Everything. So what you're saying is you used to drink an old sack with Peja? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Oh, so he was like, I, I, I'm not sure if I got into that uh, that party scene with those guys. I know Weber and Jason Williams lived in the same cul-de-sac and used to hang out and smoke weed or something. That's mm-hmm. all I knew about. I'm sure Vlade and Peja tore it up a little bit. Let me let me give you my impression of when the All-Star game was out here at the Coliseum and it poured rain. I mean, it was one of the worst rainstorms of all time. And they had the rookie game and white chocolate was in that. And I, I was on the court and I asked him a question. This was literally his answer. I forgot what question I asked him, but he said, yeah, man, you know, this is a rock and roll, baby, you know, because I keep, hey, man, that's not what I had said. Girl, you better just shut your way because I'm like, I'm like, what are you? I want to say, what are you doing right now? Why are you? Why are you talking like that? I don't know. He, did you have that experience with white chocolate? <laughs> yeah, I actually covered his um, his uh, draft like press conference. So I think he had just, you know, he was kind of in a bit of trouble in Florida. Mm-hmm. So they dressed him up real nice and parted his hair on the side. <laughs> and uh, I remember he was there with Jerome James. But was my favorite question was he didn't play basketball until he was like a junior in college. And uh, somebody said, "What did you do before basketball?" And he said, "I worked at Home Depot in Lowe's." And the follow-up was, what's Lowe's? And he said, it's like Home Depot. So I guess he just <laughs> reached for tall things. But I, I actually ran a segment that was trying to uh, decipher what if it was harder to understand Vladi Divac or uh, Jason Williams. And it was definitely <laughs> Jason Williams. I like when Vladi was <laughs> yeah. I like when Vladi was GM of the Kings, and I forgot what trade he made. And like, why did you do this trade? And he goes, I actually had a better offer yesterday. I probably should have taken that one. And I'm like, hey, Vladi, too honest. Don't 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 <laughs> yeah. say that. Um, you also um, you got on Letterman, and I remember talking with Joe List, and he was happy that he got on before he went off the air. And uh, you know, being a part of that show, um, and, and I've I've been to the Ed Sullivan Theater since it's been Colbert. I would have loved to have gone. Oh wow! When it was Letterman, but I mean, uh, how life changed? Because I mean, nowadays you do a late night, and it's a nice little credit. But back then, it was still kind of life changing, right? Oh yeah, and this was, uh, you know, because I I grew up on Letterman, you know, like uh, you know, as a kid, you know, I saw him in that the Alka Seltzer suit dipping him in water, and I was already like, what is that job? I want to do that job, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, when they first switched to the Ed Sullivan Theater, you used to have to write 
like a postcard to get tickets. And one of my neighbors got two tickets and they were working that day. It was like a Monday or Tuesday. So me and my, my friend Willie uh, got permission to skip school to drive to New York City because I was from upstate New York. And we went to a taping and it was just like this whole great experience, like the whole theater. He was playing with the crowd during, you know, the commercial breaks. And it was just so fun. And the band was amazing and just the whole atmosphere. And I was like, I just want to be a part of this somehow, like even if I'm a camera guy or an usher or something. And so, um, you know, I, and I didn't know I was ever going to be a comedian at that point. But, you know, after you know, getting into comedy, you know, that was my goal. And then I got kind of turned down in the beginning. And then I ended up doing the Late Late Show four times, which is also owned by the same production company. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I was just resigned to the fact that I was never going to do it. And then um, during the the last year, um, some producers actually took over the booking. And so uh, I just on a whim just set a set to the producers and they got back to me like immediately. And then, and then I went to go do it and, you know, I, you had, you have to wear a suit, you know, you have to get ready. You even have to get the set passed when you're in New York working at the time, you know, and I was living in LA. So it was like a big deal for them to even be like, okay, you can do it. Cause that would be the worst if I flew out of there. Like, nah, it's not that good. So we won't put you on. <laughs> so I actually, was on and I was ready to go just checking my slide about to be announced and uh Regis Philbin who also is no longer with us uh talked too long mm. and uh I got what is called bumped. bumped so so David uh apologized to me I was worried about that my mom was in the audience I was worried she was gonna run up there and like do something but luckily she didn't and then uh so he was like apologized to me on the air said stuff about my album we'll have him back and then he announced his retirement. And so I didn't know if I was ever going to be on. And then I think I was either the last guy to debut or one of the last guys, like a few months later. And so I got to talk to Norm McDonald about, cause I, you probably seen his final, he yeah. was the final comedian. And yeah. that set was amazing. Germany. So he was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was really cool to like get on, especially it was the right time. You know, I, I appreciated it so much more than I would have if I had done it earlier. And, and I did so much, uh, just, just the set that I really wanted to do. And yeah, it was every experience that I wanted. So like you said, Colbert has a studio now and I don't even know, like, I, I, I love Steven, but I don't know if I, I'd want to like, you know, do anything to change that memory because yeah. I just kind of remember it as this amazing experience. So it is, uh, but it was as cool as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Awesome. One of a few things. Paul C. <laughs> Morrissey, the new album from Blonde Medicine is called Ice Cream Versus Everything. Really enjoyed talking with you because two of my favorite things are comedy and sports. Before I leave you, I got to ask, does anybody ever ask you to sing Suede Head? <laughs> No, girlfriend in a coma is the one that I get. But it is <laughs> it is funny how most Morrissey fans, and also you know when Kilborn was doing the show, they wanted to do an all Morrissey show, and uh, so they almost had the singer and me on the same episode. But I think he canceled. <laughs> so uh, so that would have been pretty cool. But I wore a Morrissey shirt on the show one time, and I think half the audience just thought I was an idiot that was wearing his own name <laughs> on his shirt. <laughs> There he is, Paul C. Morrissey, Ice Cream versus Everything from Blonde Medicine. Hey, when you're ever in the city, come on by. We'd love to talk sports and comedy with you. Absolutely, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Rick. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Byline.
How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-617-5145. 800-617-5145-800-617-5145. That's 800-617-5145. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495-800-788-1495-800-788-1495. That's 800-788-1495. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number. They'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. To me, it's like a mountain. A vast bowl of pus. his servants all right uh, a couple of minutes left in the uh, show and um 
there were two pretty high-profile running backs that were unsigned, and now they're signed. Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott are now both in the AFC East. Cook with the Jets, a one-year deal, $8.6 million, and Zeke is no longer a Cowboy. He's a Patriot, and that's a one-year deal worth $6 million. Now, Brees Hall is probably wondering, why did you get Dalvin Cook? Look, they need weapons, and running backs get hurt, and, and Aaron Rodgers is a winner there. But if you think about you know, Josh Jacobs is holding out now on an $11 million deal, and he's just seeing what these two guys got. I don't think Josh Jacobs is getting good advice, to tell you the truth, because I think he should just show up like um, Saquon Barkley did, make your make your $11 million, and then be a free agent. Um, I just, the Le'Veon Bell thing, I think, kind of showed that it's not a good idea. Um, but uh, once again, somebody's some agent is like, no, man, we got to get paid. And like, all right, well, you're not going to play football for a year, I guess. I'm Rick Tittle. Thanks for tuning in. We'll do it tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time. We don't have brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to end the show.